Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Greg Dulcich and you're listening to Player Profiler. Gabagool is real in week six. We're here, dog 316, as Franz would say in the chat. We are here. It's Wednesday, 11 a.m. We're about to get after it, boys. Big week. Big week ahead. Big week in the in the, in the the rear view. Lots of injuries. Lots of things moving on. If you didn't listen to Waiver Wired yesterday, I'm sure you already lost out on what was left of Kenneth Walker shares in fantasy in the Waiver Wire because... There wasn't a lot left there, but there was, I don't know what, 42% or something like that available on Yahoo. Kenneth Walker was the most expensive guy. One league I got him in, in the waiver wire because he was owned in every other league. And I only got him there because it's weird. The team that I got him on is actually third out of 12, number three overall in scoring, but I'm dead last as far as the record goes. So extremely shitty luck, but your boy just landed Kenneth Walker off of the waiver wire. I don't know why I didn't have him I, because I have Rashad White, Khalil Herbert, and Garrett Wilson as my bench. So grab Kenneth Walker doing the damn thing in fantasy in 2022 because Rashad Penny went down with a lower leg injury, broken fibia, broken tibia. Sorry. Also, James Conner goes down. Eno Benjamin steps in. Daryl Williams goes down. That should elevate Keontae Ingram, some would say. Or if you just pay attention to the news, Ian Rappaport noted that the Arizona Cardinals have signed Corey Clement and Tyson Williams to their practice squad as of about six minutes ago. So it looks like Corey Clement, who spent some time in Baltimore this preseason, and Tyson Williams, who spent some time in Baltimore this preseason, will also be in the Arizona backfield. I think Corey Clement is a better running back at this point than Keontae Ingram is as far as the NFL is concerned. Moving on to Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines, I don't think he's going to play again this week after that nasty concussion. Deion Jackson, I prefer him to Philip Lindsay. I think the Indianapolis Colts do as well. Javante again, ACL. It's Latavius Murray. It's Mike Boone next to Melvin Gordon. It seems like Mike Boone looks better, uh, but Latavius, they signed and they brought him in, and I think you're going to get a couple games out of Murray uh, with higher upside. Cameron Bright, Kate Otten, late Sunday, uh, not late Sunday, early Sunday, I added Kate Otten to a couple of FFWC teams, and he scored 9, 9.9 points or something like that. Kate Otten's an interesting guy. As long as Cam Bright is out, I think Kate Otten becomes playable just because it's his Tampa Bay offense, and Tom Brady trusts him, point blank, period. Tyreek Hill looks like he may play this weekend against the Vikings. It says questionable. Mike McDaniel said possibility that he plays this weekend with a foot injury. Otherwise, it's going to be Trent Sherfield that's going to continue to get the workload. Again, we'll talk through all the, the routes and the opportunities here in a second, but I'm just giving you the rundown right now. Damian Harris, everyone's pointing at Ramondre. We're going to talk about this situation in a little bit. Tyrion Davis-Price missed again. And Tevin Coleman. 
became a thing in the 2022 fantasy football season. Yes, Tevin Coleman is back. Jamison Crowder, obviously out. And then Isaiah McKenzie, who's coming off of a concussion. Khalil Shakir looked good. Khalil Shakir looked really good uh, in week number five. And then Jahan Dotson missed. And so De'Ami Brown finally got those opportunities. And De'Ami Brown took a couple of long balls to the end zone. So, And that's one that a lot of people are fading right now is De'Ami Brown. We'll talk about De'Ami Brown here in a minute. I was a big fan of De'Ami coming out of college. I thought he had opportunity. But this the incompetency of the Washington football team has been the detriment of one Deami Brown. Also, we got breaking news here. Tua Tagovailoa is out against the Vikings, and Mike McDaniel announces that Skylar Thompson will start in week number six at the Minnesota Vikings. So it'll be interesting because Miami is one of the worst teams in pressures allowed, and Minnesota is one of the best teams that get into the quarterback. So we'll see how that works out for Skylar Thompson in week six. But let's get started. Let's talk about a few situations more in depth. But I got to remind you that this show is brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy. Sleeper Fantasy. Go over to sleeperfantasy.com today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD to get a deposit match bonus up to $100. Like I told you guys before, 80% of my leagues are now on Sleeper because of how intuitive and how realistic Sleeper is and how they let you chat with your friends, chat with your league mates, and really enjoy the just overall experience of drafting and hosting the league on Sleeper, whereas other platforms try to have a chat, try to have a message board, and it just doesn't work. Uh, I know there's now a new program, not a new program, an, an older app, ESPN, are trying to roll out a, this chat feature because they're, quite frankly, they're behind. And Sleeper Fantasy is ahead of the game. They're going to continue to stay ahead of the game. They also have Pick'ems on the app. You can go play on the Pick'ems. Promo code UNDERWORLD, get a deposit match bonus up to $100. What's good, everybody in the chat? Franz, what is good? Naughty, what is good? Kenneth Walker and D-Hop for Diggs. I would take Diggs. Kyle, what's good? Franz, Caleb, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm going to get going with the team-by-team situational breakdowns. I'm going to start out today with the team that we ended with last week, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that everybody thought was taking that next step, and they instead choked against the Houston Texans at home. But we talked about usage, and one of the big players we talked about last week, and it's titled the show, was quitting. Why are people quitting on these good players Every single, like, it doesn't, one bad week, and all of a sudden, everybody's just out on a certain player. Travis Etienne has been that guy over the first couple weeks of the NFL season. Travis Etienne, over the last two weeks, has not taken over, but pretty much taken over the receiving role. 25 routes to six in favor of Travis Etienne over James Robinson. Five targets to two, three for 43 in the air. And then on the ground, they split carries again. 10 for 71 for ETN, 10 for 27 for James Robinson. We have game charters for this specific reason. The game charter said that James Robinson does not look like he did a couple weeks ago. He said he looks dusty. He said he does not look as bursty and as crisp as he has. And he looks like the Achilles is starting to catch up with him, which is very unfortunate because I like James Robinson. But at the same time, this is why you don't sell and quit on guys like Travis ETN. ETN is leading 37 to 30 when it comes to snaps, 51% to 41% snap share. Continue to grab guys like Travis ETN, continue to play them and trust them. Talents like Travis ETN don't just fade away into darkness. 14.4 fantasy points in week number five, number 22 at the running back position after week three, where he had 20. He was ranked number 28 with 10.4 fantasy points in that game. ETN is going to continue to grow as this process leads on. Trust and believe that Evan Ingram, 50 snaps in this game, 
11 slot routes, 35 total routes, 10 targets, 6 for 69 on a 69% snap share. Nice. Evan Ingram is starting to elevate himself into this offense. Marvin Jones had 11 targets. Christian Kirk put up a shitty, shitty performance. Three targets, one reception for five yards for Christian Kirk in this game that saw not a lot of offense. It was 13 to 6. Houston and Christian Kirk had the opportunity at hand, and he just kind of didn't really do a lot with it. Desmond King was the cornerback that he was in uh, coverage with most of the game in the slot. I still trust Christian Kirk, but. Just proof that Marvin Jones is still going to continue to have these random games, whether it's a 100-yard game or a three-touchdown game. That's what Marvin Jones does. Right when you least expect it, Marvin Jones shows up. He goes 7 for 110 on 11 targets in Week 5. Will he do that again in Week 6? Don't trust. Don't depend on that. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals, the running back situation. James Conner obviously goes down. Darrell Williams gets hurt. Eno Benjamin, 35 snaps. Conner, 23. Eight carries for 25 for Eno Benjamin. 20 routes run. Four targets, three for 28 with a 52% snap share. Now, everybody wants to say, well, you better go out and grab Eno Benjamin. Yes, of course you need to go grab Eno Benjamin. He's going to get used. He's probably going to have a 65 to 70% snap share. But I do not believe that Keontae Ingram is the number two running back in this offense. They just brought in Corey Clement. They just brought in Tyson Williams. I think Corey Clement in five days will be up in this offense and will be the number two guy behind one Eno Benjamin. Keontae Ingram should be active, but I think you're going to see him more in a Darrell Williams role where he's going to get limited work week in and week out. Eno Benjamin, according, as long as he stays healthy, should be the dude um, going forward. The leading snap out, the leading snap goer in this offense was actually Zach Ertz with a 96% snap share, 10 targets on 18 slot routes and 38 total routes, six for 48 in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, his old team. Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, 64 and 60 total snaps, and then A.J. Green with 49. After that, it was a big drop-off down to Trey McBride, the rookie tight end, with 13 snaps and seven routes with no targets. McBride's a guy that I've been adding, I've been um, playing with, because I think that if something did happen to Ertz, that they would elevate McBride. McBride could elevate like you've seen from Daniel Bellinger, like you've seen from Kate Otten. I think McBride is ready. I think just situation at hand is that Ertz is in front of him, and Ertz is, has been great. He's been an animal ever since he's come over from Philadelphia as far as usage goes. Antoine Wesley was supposed to come back this last week. He did not. They actually put him on the season-ending IR. Now, we're a couple weeks away from DeAndre Hopkins coming back. A.J. Green does not look good, so Hopkins should plug in here. There's a lot of analysts that are either pro Hopkins is going to save my season or they're saying, you know, Hopkins didn't do great at the end of last season. Why do we expect him to be good now? I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's going to be a Devonta Adams league winner. I don't think you're going to see the, the Hopkins of five years ago, but I also, think he's dunking. I also don't think he's going to be dog water. I don't think he's going to be dusty like A.J. Green. So I think he's going to be somewhere in between, which is just what this offense needs because they're featuring Marquise Brown, they're featuring Zach Ertz, and they're featuring Rondell Moore. You can trust that DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back and elevate this offense. It's also going to take a little more pressure off of the run game, being able to have four wide with Ertz, Brown, Rondale, and Hopkins out there uh, play in and play out. So trust that with the Arizona Cardinals. Eno Benjamin, I think you got to pay attention to Corey Clement. I don't think Tyson Williams makes it through, but I think Corey Clement does elevate and he becomes active in week number six. Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson does not play in week five, nor does Kyle Pitts. So the natural thought would be, huh, Drake London, 35% snap share. Drake London's going to go fucking nuclear. No, Drake London gets banged up, 42 snaps, 25 routes, seven targets, four for 35, 66% snap share for Drake London. Olamide Zacchaeus, two for 54 in the air in this game as well. 
on 16 slot routes. Olamide Zacchaeus is the clear number two wide receiver in this offense. Going down to the tight end position with Kyle Pitts out, it was Parker Hesse. Anthony Ferkshire did not take that next step up. We're wondering what Ferkshire would do because Hesse has been being the number two next to Pitts as a run-blocking tight end. They do not elevate Ferkshire per se. He did have a target, so did so did Hesse, but he was only in for 12 total snaps versus Hesse's 39. Don't really care about either of these guys. Looking at the receiver position, it's London, it's Olamide, and then it's a drop-off down to Kaderil Hodge, 18, Brian Edwards, 15, as far as snap shares go. But everyone wants to know about the running back position because it was Tyler Elzier last week as the guy to add on the waivers. 13, snap, 13 carries for 50 yards. He had no targets with 17 routes run. Avery Williams, on the other hand, had three carries, 11 yards, a rushing touchdown, and had two receptions on two targets for 10 yards with so 28% snap share. So just like that, Tyler Algier scores you five fantasy points in week number five, and Avery Williams scores you 10, 11. That's just the way it is. Two for 10, rushing touchdown, 11 yards on the ground. Avery Williams, I fucking warned you. I started him in the Podfathers uh, Patreon League because I was so dead at running back with Jonathan Taylor out. I was a like, fuck it. I'm playing Avery Williams. He's free. I had him stashed. I played him. It wasn't Caleb Huntley. Caleb Huntley at eight for 34, a big old who gives a shit. Five routes run, no targets, no shit. Avery Williams had all the pass catching work, which was what? Two targets, two receptions out of this entire backfield with Algier, Williams, and Huntley. And then as far as on the ground goes, Avery Williams got the carry inside the 10 and scored the touchdown. So she tells you what they think about Avery Williams. I told you this a month and a half ago. I know it's not a big fantasy experience, but 10 fantasy points is 10 fantasy points. When the opportunity was at hand, you got you to gotta cash that fucking ticket. And we did that. So moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, where the running back position just continues to be um, situational. The situation is situational, as the great Pat McAfee would say. J.K. Dobbins, 23 snaps. Kenyon Drake, 24. Mike Davis, 5. Justice Hill, again, was out in this game. You remember, Justice Hill was splitting with J.K. Dobbins. We talked about this a few weeks ago as well. It looked like what they were going to do with Justice Hill was split the workload with J.K. Dobbins, similar to what they did with Gus and J.K. just a few seasons ago when they both were healthy. Gus did return to practice last week. We'll see when he becomes active and activated and plays in the game. But they activated Kenyon Drake. Mike Davis was the guy that didn't really do shit in this game. He was only in for five snaps. Kenyon Drake had 24 snaps, four carries, 31 yards, a target, a reception, and a yard. Drake or Dobbins just had eight for 44 on the ground and had nine routes with a 38% snatcher. It's, it's, it's a tough scene because you're going to get these big games. You're going to get these low games where they split. It's, it's going to be a tough one. But Rashad Bateman in this game was out. And so where did the Rashad Bateman work go? It was Demarcus Robinson, exactly what we said. The problem is he didn't do fuck all with it. He had one freaking reception for eight yards. He had 47 snaps and 27 routes run, the same amount of routes run as Devin DuVernay. More routes run than Talon Wallace, Isaiah Likely, and Josh Oliver combined. And Talon Wallace went one for eight on nine snaps. So they are not going to use Demarcus Robinson, it looks like, very much, other than just having him out there for snaps. Uh, the connection doesn't look like it's there with him and Lamar right now. Mark Andrews, of course, is that dude. 10 targets, 8 for 89. Next in line was Devin DuVernay, 5 for 54 on 7 targets as well. So if Bateman's out, Robinson's probably going to play. It looks like Tylan might be growing more into that role DeMarcus want, but Tylan just has been dinged up for most of his career over the last couple seasons. Buffalo Bills here. Buffalo Bills there. Where are the Buffalo Bills? Devin Singletary with a 48% snap share, 657 on the ground, two targets in this game. Not exactly what you were looking for, but he's also playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they absolutely donkey-whopped the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. So there wasn't really much of an expectation other than getting the carries, and we did not see that. 
Four for 31 on the ground for James Cook. He scored his first touchdown this weekend. Zach Moss, one for seven on the ground as well. And then, of course, Gabe Davis just goes nuclear. Three for 71. Diggs, eight for 102. And then Khalil Shakir, three for 75. Khalil Shakir is the one you want to own if McKenzie and Crowder are out. Obviously, it's Shakir um, because there's really nobody else. Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins had 12 snaps, nine routes. Uh, he went four for 41 as well. That's a deep stash from Oregon State. Guy is 6'4", 220 pounds, similar build to Gabe Davis. Hodgins is a stash just based on usage and opportunity at hand. Khalil Shakir looks like he's going to be the, the, the McKenzie-Crowder replacement. Hodgins looks like he could potentially become, if they need it to happen, an injury to Gabe Davis or an edgy to Diggs would elevate Hodgins. So you need to be stashing Hodgins in the deepest of dynasty leagues because he's a big receiver that's getting the usage. And on 12 snaps and nine routes, he got the targets. So continue to trust that process as well. Dawson Knox at tight end position was out. So Quentin Morris is a guy that I played on FanDuel this weekend and five targets, three for 39. It is what it is. Quentin Morris was a a guy that I thought would replicate somewhat of what Janu did coming out of college. He hasn't really gotten the opportunity because he's been in Buffalo, but I think Quentin Morris is an interesting one. If Dawson is out, I think they're going to use Quentin Morris. Let's look at the running back position in Carolina because a lot of conversation has been had with Christian McCaffrey and what's McCaffrey going to do? Are they going to trade him to New England? Are they going to trade him to Buffalo? Are they going to trade him to Arizona? I don't know. We don't know. There's a, the coach got fired. Matt Rule's gone. Baker Mayfield's hurt. PJ Walker's in. This team could fucking tank. But the problem is with Christian McCaffrey, and I tweeted this out. I go, um, Arizona trades second round pick this year and next year Carolina trades Christian McCaffrey who says no and people were like you got to have more than that you got to have at least a first round pick look at the contract buddy Christian McCaffrey's getting 17.34 billion dollars a year it's going to be hard to trade a first round pick for a guy with that big of a contract that age playing the running back position with that injury history so good luck uh if you give up any more than the second round pick you're a fish but I think Christian McCaffrey should be on the trade block as I do think DJ Moore should be as well now behind Christian McCaffrey is the question in this game, Chua Hubbard had 10 snaps. Deontay had two. I've been told you about this. Seven routes for Chuba, zero for Deontay. Deontay did have two carries, but 14% snap share to 2% for Chuba over Deontay. At the wide receiver position, DJ, Robbie, Shy. We already know those three guys. Tommy Tremble, 40 snaps, 59% snap share, 24 routes, uh, one target. Terrace Marshall, again, getting some work, four targets, four for 30 in this game with a 40% snap share, despite DJ, Robbie, and Shy all playing in front of him. It looks like they're starting to push out Terrace more and more. So got to keep an eyeball on Terrace. A sideways one, if you remember from a few weeks ago, keep a sideways eyeball on Terrace uh, to see what he does over the next couple of weeks with the new coaching staff. Not new coaching staff, but just new process coming in because they might switch up some things and this is where we're going to see it's always it's always weird to see when a guy goes out and you see maybe this coach didn't want to play him why was it because he sucked was it be- because scott fitter when i asked scott fitter at the nfl combine i said what what's up with terrace marshall he said they wanted to see terrace play they wanted to see shy as the number four while shy's playing as the number three maybe we see an elevation of terrace into that number three role i don't i don't really know we'll see what happens but between fitter and the new and the new uh and, and steve was it steve wilkes or scott scott wilkes i think it was he was a former uh arizona arizona coach interim coach so he's going to be the interim coach for carolina the rest of the season but it'll be interesting just to see what they what changes so we're going to look at this right now the snaps the routes and then come back in a week we'll look back at carolina and just see what changed in a week uh and see if if terrace does get elevated at all but i'm gonna keep an eye on him green bay over in england against the new york giants aaron jones aj Dillon split 
Dylan was in for only 29% in this game. That was a extreme regression. I, I don't quite understand why they're starting to do this. I really thought both these guys are going to pay off together. Uh, Nate List is in the, the Scott Fishbowl division, the same division as me, and he has Jones and Dylan. So it's going to be a, a weird one for him to – he's probably looking at that pretty often. But I don't I don't quite understand why they're not running Dylan out there on at least 40%. I think that should be the split difference, especially in this game when they were up and then they ended up uh, losing. And it was just really, really odd game. But Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, 56 and 51 snaps, 32 and 27 routes. Cobb ran 13 less snaps, was in on 13 less snaps, but ran the same amount of routes as Romeo Dobbs. Cobb had 13 targets. Dobbs had five. Cobb had seven for 99. Dobbs had three for 29. Robert Tunyon, 25 snaps, 19 routes, four for 23. Tunyon's coming. Tunyon's coming. Trust the process there. Mercedes Lewis has this long history of catching touchdowns in England. And so Aaron Rodgers was talking about that on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. He said, yeah, we really wanted to get the big dog a touchdown. He was in for 33 snaps. He's been run blocking his nuts off all season. He had four routes in this game, and he had one of them being that two-yard touchdown reception. So don't expect the Mercedes Lewis touchdown to continue. Expect Tunyon to, to kind of start. Ele- it's, it's, it's about to be Tunyon time. Tunyon time, baby. At home against the Jets. I can I can smell a two-touchdown game coming for Robert. Trust the process. Trust the process on Tunyon. I want to continue to see it. I think he's the next tight end. It's like week in and week out, we see just random shit. I think Tunyon is going to be the next. Fucking Mo Alley, Kylan Granson, what? Conklin, Uzoma, I. I think this is the week for Robert Tunyon. I think you're going to see him catch a couple touchdowns against the New York Jets at home. Coming home from England, I think you're going to trust that. Indianapolis Colts now, one of the most disappointing teams in all of football this year. Deion Jackson, 43 snaps in this game. Phillip Lindsay, 25. If Jonathan Taylor misses again, I think you trust Deion Jackson. We know the hyper-athleticism that we've talked about that he has on player profile. When you bring him up, I tweeted this out last week. I said Travis Homer walked so Damian Pierce could jog so Deion Jackson could run. Deion Jackson, 5'11, 218, run a 4'4'2 at his pro day at Duke. When you're looking at college usage, that was why I said that about Travis Homer and about Damian Pierce, because none of these guys had a great college performance. 2018, Deion Jackson, 800 yards in the ground. We played Duke. Duke is fucking horrible for the last four years. 600 each of 2019, 2020 with a couple touchdowns. Deion Jackson is that hyper athlete. You can trust that. He's learning from Jonathan Taylor. He's got the athleticism. Almost, almost got the athleticism that Jonathan Taylor does. Not quite the talent, but we saw it. 13 for 62, 4 for 4, 4 for 29 in the air. Deion Jackson has the burst. He's got the opportunity, and I think he looks a lot better than Philip Lindsay does right now. Naheem Hines, I don't think he's going to play again this week. The one that I'm interested in right now is the wider shoot position. Ashton Doolin has hit the IR. Of course, I love Mike Strawn, but I think in this one, what we've seen so far, Paris Campbell's going to continue to get his snap share, 88%, 29 in the slot. Alec Pierce is going to be the one that completely elevates because of this Ashton Doolin injury. They're not going to have to force Ashton Doolin on the field because Chris Ballard wants him to. They're going to get to put Alec Pierce on the field because Matt Ryan wants to see him more. 57% snap share in this last game. Alec Pierce might be the, the riser, the biggest riser in Dynasty right now because of the Ashton Doolin news. Eight for 81 on nine targets on Thursday Night Football. And everyone's going to forget because it was the Thursday night game. So everyone's like, out of sight, out of mind. Alec Pierce is going to be a big play this week in DFS. In fantasy, you got to make sure you have Alec Pierce uh, against the Jaguars at home. I think you're looking for possibly a 10-target game from Pierce, a 10-target game from Michael Pittman. Both these guys should be heavily heavily fed in this game 
Alec Pierce again. That 57% snap share is not going to be no longer. That's going to be a 75 to 80% snap share given Ashton Doolin exiting and hitting the IR. At tight end, it looks like it's going to continue to be a split. Colin Granson, 19 routes. Mo Alley, 17. Jelani, 11. One reception for both of these guys, Mo Alley and Colin Granson. Tough to trust any of them. I mean, you can you can dabble like the anytime touchdown stuff, but tough to trust tough to trust any of them in fantasy. The biggest takeaway here is Deion Jackson, if both of Taylor and Hines are out, and then Alec Pierce, you have to be adding, you have to be using, you have to be playing at this point with this offense. So let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, who just played on Sunday night. On Monday night, Sky Moore is the biggest, the most interesting piece in this offense because he was only five snaps behind. McCole Hardman. He had 13 routes, three targets, two for 15. Sky Moore is going to become a problem. He's starting to elevate week in and week out, and the opportunities are only going to continue to come for this guy because he's he's a hyper athlete. He's a hyper uh, talent. Uh, again, coming from Western Michigan, it's going to be tough. I think the translation might take him a minute, and it has taken him a minute, but he had his highest snapshot in the season the last three weeks. It's 15, 29, 32, and I think you're going to see it rise again in week number six. Um, Sky Moore, they're going to need him in this game against the Bills. It's a it's a big game. Juju, of course, 60 snaps. MVS, 57. Those are the two guys right now. But Sky and McColl are pretty much competing for that next role. Uh, McColl's getting a little work out of the backfield. He had five targets in this game, four for 73. But I think Sky Moore should elevate and become that number four guy. Uh, he already is the number four guy, but I'm saying he should become that number three guy, the most dependable guy. Uh, MVS looked good in this game as well, six for 90. They just kept throwing the ball to him. I think he ended up with... Uh, Eight targets, same as Juju, and he caught more of them. So the running back position was also interesting. It wasn't Pacheco this week. Pacheco had two snaps, and McKinnon had 35, and Clyde had 31. So eight carries for McKinnon, nine for Clyde. McKinnon looked like the pure best running back on this football team uh, on Monday night, and I think you can start to play McKinnon in some spots. Uh, Clyde should have had a touchdown, but he got knocked down at the one-yard line. That's that. That's called a bullshit touchdown regression because he shouldn't have caught all those touchdowns early on in the season. So we're starting to see Clyde come back down to earth. As far as expectation goes, in Miami, Tyreek Hill, we talked about him before, dinged up. It'll be Shurfield that gets elevated. Shurfield had a 65% snap share, number two in the team this last week. Also, River Craycraft and Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson should be getting healthier and healthier as the weeks go by. Two for 20 on four targets last week. The running back position, pukey. Raheem Mostert, 43 snaps, Gaskin, 13, and Edmonds, 9. Edmonds had one carry and two targets, no reception in this game. Mike Gusecki is hardly playable right now in fantasy because of the split usage him and Durham Smythe have, have occurred right now. 27 routes for Gusecki, 38 to 29 in snaps, though, Gusecki over Smythe, and just two targets, one for 30 for Gusecki. He's going to be a tough guy to play week in and week out, even the tight end position being as dry as it is. The same offense, but in the different the same offense, but in a different state, San Francisco, Jeff Wilson continues on his tirade of the 2022 season, 16 for 119 with 14 routes run on 35 snaps. Jeff Wilson looks fantastic. One reception, 12 yards. Tevin Coleman actually got into this game over Jordan Mason. So Jordan Mason becomes droppable at this point because it seems like they're going to use Tevin Coleman until Tyrion comes back or Elijah Mitchell comes back. Eight for 23 on the ground for Tevin Coleman with three for 44 in the air. Tevin Coleman comes up the street, and, and and in this Shanahan offense, we know Shanahan loves Tevin Coleman almost as love as much as he loves Devonta Freeman. So I guess the new Jeff Wilson is Tevin Coleman, and now you have the old Tevin Coleman and Tevin Coleman behind Jeff Wilson. Do with that what you must. 
in Tennessee. The big dog is the big dog, as he is always and will be. He's starting to get into the receiving game, two for 30. It, it, people always said, you know, he can't catch the ball, but it seems like every week, week in and week out now, it's like, oh, uh, Derrick Henry caught, you know, three more footballs. Derrick Henry, uh, four more receptions. Derrick Henry. Uh, and it's like, okay, I, but I thought he couldn't, you know, five, three, two the last three games. I thought he couldn't catch the ball. And now he's got 25, 23, 27 fantasy points. 60, 64, 72 snap share. The big dog's the big dog. You have to play him every single week. You have to. And that, obviously, if you have him in fantasy, you're going to play him every single week. But I'm saying like in DFS, it's like you can't fade a guy that's having 140 yards, 140 yards, 130 yards. He looks legit. The offensive line isn't fantastic, but he looks legit right now. You just have to trust that process. So uh, Derrick Henry looks great. The receiver position with Traylon Burks out. Nick Westbrook had the highest snap share. 85%, 85%, 28 routes to Robert Woods is 27. Kyle Phillips had 15 snap or uh, Kyle Phillips had 15 routes after that above Cody Hollister. Kyle Phillips ugh, just inching back in. He's been dinged up. He's been hurt. 15%, 25% snap share. So we'll see Kyle Phillips take a little bit of a step up, but mainly it's been the tight ends. Austin Hooper, 57%. Jeff Swain, 56%. And Chig Okonkwu, 20%. I think Chig, uh, we thought last week, three snaps, three targets, three receptions. He'd get a little bit more. He did. 13 snaps instead of three this time, but he only had one target, 20% snap share. Chig is slowly climbing the realm, uh, but it looks like they're only going to be running two tight end, two receivers most of the snaps with Nick Westbrook and Robert Woods until Kyle Phillips is fully healthy. Again, this this entire offense just runs through Derrick Henry, the big dog, 60% snap share. Dontrell Hilliard did have 29% snap share, five targets, four for 38 in the air. Now, let's finish in one of the most interesting spots in all of the running back scheme or landscape of fantasy football. And that is the new England Patriots. And I see a lot of people right now pushing Ramondre Stevenson up, up, up to that top five, to the top three, to the number one, even number one, even as far as their week six running back ranking. Yes. They get the Cleveland Browns. Yes. The Browns just got donkey slapped by the chargers and Austin Eckler. Ramondre Stevenson in the 82% snap share in week five. That was with Damien Harris getting hurt. 47 snaps, 25 carries, two targets. I get it. If you like Ramondre Stevenson, it's it, it makes sense. Ramondre, he's done enough. He's been good. But to put a guy at RB1, RB3, RB5 in fantasy, like he's got to have true, true, like hellacious upside. And Ramondre Stevenson... If you don't like Derrick Henry, just talk to me. You can't love Ramondre Stevenson because they're not going to give him the ball 20 times on the ground and 25 times, 20, 25 times on the ground and give him six, seven, eight targets. They're just not going to do it. They haven't had a running back in New England with a 78% or higher snap share till yesterday since James White in week 13 of 2019. Before that, it was like week two of 2018 with James White. That was back when they couldn't figure out what the fuck to do with Cordero Patterson. They didn't know what they had in some shell. James White has 78% snap share. Ramondre had 19 fantasy points last week with 84% snap share against one of the worst defenses in football. With 175 total yards. He was the RB 14. Ramondre Stevenson's not going to have a 90% snap share, 80%, 80% snap share again in this game. He's probably going to be closer to 60%. That's just what Bill does. Pierre Strong is going to be active in this game. Damian Harris has been hurt. His hamstring, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it's going to be. Pierre Strong will be active in this game. Pierre Strong looked good in, yeah, fucking lost my English here. Pierre Strong looked good in August. Pierre Strong's going to come in and play. Ty Montgomery's a couple weeks away. Ramondre, they're going to lean on him. They're going to have to lean on the run, obviously, if Zappi plays. But Zappi can still get the ball out. 
Jaguar Myers at over 100 yards in this game. Hunter Henry, four for 54. Hunter Henry, another guy you can continue to trust if Zappi is playing at the quarterback position. I just do not understand pushing Ramondre Stevenson up anywhere higher than six, seven in the weekly rankings at the running back position. Upside, okay. But like, what's the upside? He had 175 yards this last week on 25 carries, and he was Darby 14. Like, he has to score touchdowns. It's the same argument with Damian Harris. The reason we love Damian Harris the last couple of years is he's going to get a lot of this workload. And why? Because he wasn't going to catch a lot of receptions. Yes, Ramondre is a better pass catcher, obviously. But do you really think that Bill Belichick's going to, after dealing with injuries, Ty Montgomery, and now Damian Harris, you think they're going to put Ramondre out there for 25 carries and six targets, six receptions? Really? Bill Belichick's going to do that when he, all he knows he has behind him is Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris? Um, and, and like nothing that that's really what we're going to do. I don't think so. I think you're going to see a split, not a split, but like a 60 to, to 20 to 20, uh, backfield split with Ramondre Stevenson leading the way. And yes, can he still get there? Can he still be a top five guy? Yes. If he scores a couple of touchdowns, but I think running out to best case scenario, fantasy football community gets it wrong week in and week out stash Pierre strong because Pierre strong is the strongest, the strongest deep stash in all fantasy football.